We want to dismiss our kids to go to children's church back there, and I know they have been looking forward to that. going to be a great day, a great year for our kids. We've got some exciting things coming up. We're going to be sharing with you uh, in the immediate future about some building plans we have for our children's department. And uh, God is so good, and we are blessed. We're blessed to have a great staff. And uh, I'm thankful for them. I wouldn't trade a single one of them for anybody else's staff that I know. And uh, today you're going to uh, experience a blessing as our creative arts director. A lot of you know him as Hunter. I know him as Lynette's youngest. Uh, is going to come and bring us the word today. So y'all be in prayer for Hunter and be receptive to what he wants to speak to us today. Well, good morning. Can y'all hear me? Okay. All right, sometimes I get scared. I can, I can just take this microphone off and I can just yell at you for 30 minutes, which is what I usually do anyways. But um, I know everybody was up late last night, you know, celebrating the new, new, the, the new new year, 2017 coming up. And so I just want to start off by saying that your church staff, we are just so thankful that you chose to come and start 2017 off the right way by coming to church this morning, by starting off on the very first day by coming to church, even though it would have been a lot easier to just sleep in. And so we're going to join together this morning in what I hope is going to be a celebration, not, not just celebrating what we've done last year, but celebrating what's to come ahead. And that's exactly what it's going to be. In fact, we're going to set this church on fire. <laughs> huh, huh. Fire, fire sounds uh, kind of familiar to your pastor. We had a little incident in our house on Friday, so (laughs) he's sitting there shaking his head at me, so I'll get off of it. But he knew I had to bring it up in just one minute. Um, But, you know, as I spent this last week, as I spent this last week looking to to, over 2016, as I I was looking over the last year, uh, it, it brought to mind, you know, our church has faced some turmoil this past year. We face some things, some, some bad things that have, have happened to us, to the families, to some of our foundational members. We've lost some of the rocks in our church. They've gone to that heavenly home. And so we, we've lost some of our foundational members. Some of the families in our, of our church have been struck by tragedy. And so yes, that, that came with 2016, but as I was looking back over the past year, I couldn't help but think that Green Bar Nazarene had a great 2016. We had a spectacular 2016. Overall, if you think about it, if you look back, we had a great one. We had a good one. And I'm not, I'm not going to get ahead of myself here because I'm going to be talking about this in just a minute. But, but here's, the, here's the thing, and I want to get to this this morning right here. At the, I'm going to give you the end of my message at the very beginning. And you've heard this probably in a New Year's Day sermon before. But I 100% believe, I truly believe that God has even greater things in store for us in 2017 than he did in 2016. And that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. I want you to go ahead and turn with me to Matthew chapter 16 in your Bibles. Matthew chapter 16. And I know we're all really excited about this new logo, and I'll be talking about that a little, a little more uh, as, we're, as we go on this morning in a few minutes. Um, it's been a process, but we finally got it. We're excited about it. We're, we're going to be totally rebranding like we were talking about a second ago, and it's just going to look totally different around here for a little bit. But this is what our, our, our scripture says this morning. It's Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. It's going to be on the screen if you haven't gotten there yet. It says, Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, 
who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. And others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, for flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. And get this, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus said, on this rock I'm going to build my church. He said, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He said, there's one thing that you can count on this morning. He said, there's one thing that you can count on in this messed up, in this screwed up, in this tangled up world. He said, I'm going to build my church. He said, politicians are going to come and go. Nations are going to rise and fall. Stocks are going to have good days and bad days. But there's one thing you can count on. I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I came this morning not really with a sermon title, but more with a proclamation, more of an announcement. I'm going to be preaching on the subject, we are that church. I want you to turn to your neighbor this morning, pat him on the shoulder and say, we are that church. All right, y'all tell me if that gets weird. I like trying new things. (laughs) And we're going to do it a couple more times because that's what's in my notes. But we are to that church, amen? Amen. Now you're going to be happy to hear that I'm going to try to keep this short and sweet, try to get us out of here by 11.30, because I know that we all have New Year's Day lunch to go eat. We've got, uh, you need need to at least least 100,000 black eyed peas. But so we're going to try to keep it short and sweet, but really quickly I want to take a look at some things that make us that church. We're going to be looking at some things that we are doing, things that we need to keep doing, and things that we should be doing. I want you to turn to your neighbor one more time and say, you have a reputation. Now, I realize that turning to your neighbor, the person sitting right beside you and saying that, you know, that that could get a little uncomfortable for some of us. (laughs) But it's okay. It's true, isn't it? We have a reputation. You have a reputation. Our church has a reputation. And so keep that word in mind as we're going forward today. As I was thinking about this word, reputation, and about the reputation of our church, uh, and y'all know how I am, a funny story came to mind. (laughs) It was freshman year of, of college, and Hayden and I had gone up to Fayetteville, and, and uh, we were getting ready to start school, and we were meeting new people. And so we're talking to this girl, and, and the subject of church comes up. And she says, well, where do y'all go to church? And we said, the Nazarene church. And I guess, I guess maybe she had never heard of the Nazarene church, because she gets really scared. And her eyes get about this big around. And in a whisper, she says, is that the one with the snakes? And me, me and Hayden, you know, we're going to tell her the truth. So we, we look at each other, we nod in silent agreement, and we say, yes. <laughs> yes, we are, as a matter of fact. <laughs> and we didn't really see her, you know, much after that. And if you're, <laughs> if you're a guest with us today, we never have been, we never will be, that church with the snakes. And if, if that's your thing, you know, <laughs> maybe we aren't for you. But <laughs> we're a church for all people, but we aren't a church for everyone. <laughs> And so if you think, but I want you to think about the reputation, not just of our church, 
but of Christianity from the very beginning. From the very beginning, Christianity started with a reputation. It started, it was seen by the government of the time as a religious sect, a sect of Judaism. And they had this crazy leader who called himself Jesus the Christ. And he was going around and he was saying these things that have never been said before. And he was preaching some things that maybe shouldn't be preached in that time. And he was saying, you know what? You can kill me, but just in three days I'm going to rise again. And so what did they do to him for that? They killed him. They murdered him. And so that was the very beginning. That was the first reputation of the church. And as the disciples, they tried to gain traction. As, as they tried to, to rise up and to show people, hey, we've got a point. We've got, this, we've got this figured out. This man named Jesus, he was the real deal. They started to rise up. People started to realize that they've got it, they've got it going on. And then when they had finally risen up and they had, were one of the world's, uh, world's biggest religions, the reputation changed. And it wasn't a good one. The reputation of Christianity became something that was synonymous with the word crusades. And, and Christianity was attributed to war and death. And that was the reputation of the church. And so this reputation that we're talking about, it's had its, its good days and it's had its bad days. And so we have to think this morning, what did Jesus intend for the reputation of the church to be? We have to ask ourselves, what's our reputation right now? And what does our reputation need to be to be that, that church that Jesus talked about? He said, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. How do we keep being that church? Well, number one, we've got to keep it compassionate. Keep it compassionate. And really, this one shouldn't be at the beginning. It should be at the end because it's one of the most powerful parts of this message and I'm probably going to get fired up and I'm going to talk even louder and my voice is going to croak because you, you, our church members do such a great job at this. The people that go to our church, they're compassionate. They keep it compassionate. And as I think about this past year, you know what I think about? The reputation of Greenbrier Nazarene has not been confined to this building. The reputation of Greenbrier Nazarene has left the doors of our church and have, has flooded our community. I think about Thanksgiving boxes that we filled. I think about Christmas presents. Oh, over almost 60 Christmas presents y'all bought for students in need off of the angel tree. I think about the thousands and thousands of dollars that you have spent on filling food pantries in our area. I think about 200 shoe boxes that we filled up and shipped to kids overseas. And, and there's so many more. I think about the backpacks. There's so many more. I'm, I know I'm going to be forgetting things that we've done. But, but Greenbrier Nazarene has kept it compassionate in 2016. And we have this unique opportunity in Greenbrier where we are. We have this unique opportunity to work with our school system and the way that a lot of churches don't get. A lot of communities, they don't get that kind of opportunity that we do. And you hear us talk about it a lot. In fact, I think it's probably brought up every other week. And I, I want to tell you why we keep bringing it up and we keep talking to you about it. And it's this right here is because we want you to get it. We, we want you to get the impact that you're making. And I'm going to get a little emotional here. I can already tell. So sorry. <laughs> but you, you guys don't get to see the faces of the teachers when we take them that, the, the things that you've bought. And, and, and they, their, their face just fills with this joy and this happiness because they see the needs of those students every single day. And you guys don't get to see the pictures that we're sent 
of these kids at, at, at this super nice restaurant in these suits and ties and dresses, and they're just smiling from ear to ear, and, and there's just excitement everywhere. We can't show you those pictures. And so we tell you over and over again that you're making a difference, that you're touching the lives of these students because we know that you can't see that for yourself. We tell you that you're doing a great job, that you're keeping it compassionate. In 2016, we showed compassion and we impacted the lives of the people in our community. But in 2017, we've got to keep it going. We've got to keep it up because let me tell you something, the needs in our schools, the needs in our community, in our world, it's not going to go away. In fact, if anything, it's only going to get worse. And so we can't stop doing the work that God's called us to do. And this is going to bring me to my next point. Number two, we have to keep it consistent. Keep it consistent. We've got to keep doing it and keep doing it. We've got to keep doing it. And as tired as you would get of me saying that over and over and over again this morning, that's just how tired the Israelites were when they were marching around the city of Jericho for seven days straight. But they kept doing it because that's what God told them to do. And you know what? When you've got a good thing going, you don't stop. You keep doing it. You keep going. And so, yes, keep it compassionate and keep it consistent. Keep doing it. Keep going. And I'm talking about fighting for souls. I'm talking about fighting for the things that you believe in. I'm I'm talking about fighting for the church. And I'm talking about coming to church. We've got to keep it consistent in our attendance. And you know, this next part may sting just a little. But there are some of us today who have never known the joy of belonging to a church because we've never embraced the sacrifice of staying in one. You see, here's the thing is that God is a builder. On this rock, I will build my church. And he does that one step at a time. He does it brick upon brick, upon brick, upon brick, day upon day, week upon week, month upon month, year upon year. And so we have to keep it consistent. One brick at a time, he builds our relationship with him. He builds his church. We can't say, yeah, you know, I went to that church one time, but I really didn't get anything out of it. Well, the reason that we didn't get anything out of it is because you only went one time. (laughs) You have to keep it consistent. You have to take one brick and you stack it upon another. And you take another brick and you stack it upon that. And if you don't do that, well, then you've just got a pile of bricks. And that's good for nothing, but, I mean, maybe beating somebody with them. I mean, that's good for nothing. And, yeah, that was a semi-funny joke. But if you think about the metaphor, it really has a good point. And so we keep it consistent. We say, you know what? I'm not feeling great today, but I'm coming to church. We say, you know what, I've got a splitting headache, but the nursery needs me this morning. We've got to say, you know what, my schedule is cram-packed, but my family needs to be in church. We have to say, well, last week I went, and nobody spoke to me. But I'm not going to church so somebody can speak to me. I'm going to church so God can speak to me, and that I can speak to Him, and that's what it's all about. We've got to keep it consistent. You know what? I don't feel good. I'm still going. The music leader's voice cracked last week, but that's not stopping me from worshiping. (laughs) 
I had a bad experience last time, but I'm still going to go. I'm going to church. It's brick upon brick. That's how God builds his church. And I'm not talking just about attendance this morning. I'm talking about our mission. The church's mission. There's some of you here this morning that have been here for a lot longer than I have. And I've been here for, I've been in this church for 22 years almost. And, that, and you know the history of our church. You know that we've kept it consistently. We, we've kept it consistent. We have consistently impacted our community. We have consistently changed lives. We have consistently sent people out. Missionaries, evangelists, teachers, preachers. We've sent people out into the world. They were sitting right in the very seats you are now. And they're making a difference in the world. And that starts not, not with the church staff that we have now. That's not where it started. But it started way before us. You see, it started with a foundation that was set years and years ago. Brother Jim was here a couple weeks ago. And a lot of you, he, he baptized two of his great-granddaughters. And a lot of you didn't even know who he was. But he was the pastor here for 27 years. That's a long time. But it goes even before him. Him, along with the pastors and the congregations before him, they set the foundation so that we could be consistent upon it. And so whatever changes that you see around here, if we, if we do a little a, a remodel or if we start to rebrand, I want you to know one thing, that we are going to keep our mission consistent. We are going to consistently impact our community. We are going to consistently show people Christ. We are going to consistently make a difference. And we are going to consistently bring the lost into the doors of our church so they can hear the good news. As I thought about this word, consistent, and I know I've said it about 100,000 times, you're getting tired of hearing it. But as I thought about this word, I thought about this passage in the Bible from the book of Revelation. And it's a passage that... It should haunt a church, really. It's in, in Revelation 3. It says this. It's going to be on the back of the screen, on the, on the back. And to the angel of the church in Sardis write, I know your works. You have the reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Doesn't that just make you cringe? You have this reputation for being alive, but you are dead. You, you've been relying too much on your history. You see, our, our reputation can't rely on what happened yesterday. We can't say, man, a few years ago, we really knocked it out of the park with that. That's going to carry us on through the next year. We've got, to, we've got to wake up. This is the next verse right here. Verse 2. Wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. God says, what you're doing, it isn't finished. And it's not going to be finished until I say it's finished. So you've got to wake up. You've got to strengthen up. You've got to keep going. You've got to keep it consistent. Brick by brick, day by day, we have to be that church. Verse 3 says something like this. And it's not going to be on the screens. And this is the Hunter Thrasher version, the HTV. It says this. This is my own version. It says, you've got to keep it consistent because what is consistently taken for granted is eventually, is eventually taken away. And you know, that, that really packs a punch. What is consistently taken for granted is eventually taken away. 
And you can apply that to so many situations in our walk with Christ. Just one off the top of my head is tithing, but I'm not going to get on it. We were on it a couple weeks ago. But we need, to, we need to remember that what is consistently taken for granted is eventually taken away. So my prayer for our church and what your prayer should be as we go into 2017 this morning is this, God, do it again. Do it again, God. It has to be our prayer. We shouldn't be, and we shouldn't be praying, God, do the exact same thing that you did last year through our church. We should be praying, God, do even greater things through our church. We should be saying, God, you did great things in the past, but we expect you to do even greater things in the future. God, make our history greater. Do it again, God. Do it again. That's got to be our prayer. But here's the deal this morning, is that just praying, God, do it again, that's not all we have to do. We have to hold up our end of the bargain. Because God isn't just going to magically make greater things happen in our church. He isn't just going to wave his wand and it's going to happen without us doing anything. We have to do this right here. We have to keep it creative. Keep it creative. When I think about the word creative, you know what I think about? 30,000 Easter eggs. (laughs) With kids running everywhere, just going wild. There's so many eggs out there that they can't pick them up. You know what I think of? I think about inflatables all over the parking lot with games and there's hundreds of kids and, and we're, we're just praying they don't run into the highway. <laughs> but that's what I think about when I think about the word creative. So we've got to keep it creative. We've got to keep coming up with new ideas to bring people into the doors of our church because let me just tell you something, no one's going to accidentally come in here. Very few people are going to accidentally walk into our church. So we have to keep it creative in the ways that we reach out to people. We have to get creative in the ways that we're plugging people in and getting them serving in our church. And we have to get creative while keeping our mission consistent. We might have to spend just a little bit of money boosting our posts on Facebook. Because that's where, that, that's where people see our church for the first time now. It's not driving around, it's, it's not driving down Highway 65, they see it first on Facebook. And that's how we can reach thousands of people. We rebrand, not because we're changing anything about the way that we do things around here, or, or we're changing our mission, but because if a new logo or a new website can reach one person, and they come into the doors of our church because of that, and they hear about Jesus, and they choose to accept him right there on that altar, then it was worth it. If a blog post t- touches one person and they decide to visit, then it was worth the hour that it took to, to, to write it. If we remodel our children's center, and we've been talking about that for the past few weeks, if we remodel that and we just make it look totally different than what it looks like right now, and one family sees that and they come into our church and they join and instead of their kids sleeping in on Sunday mornings, they, they come to church and they hear the good news while having some fun, then it was perfectly worth it. Amen. So in 2017, we're going to get a little creative. And here's why. It's because our consistent mission is too valuable. It's too powerful. It's too meaningful to be limited by our creativity. And trust me when I say this, is that we are doing it for that one person. 
And that we are doing it while staying consistent with that mission, with our foundation that was set long before any of us were here. And we need you guys to keep it creative as well. We need you to get creative in the ways that you invite people to church. Because the old ways of evangelism, they don't work as well as they used to anymore. No one's going to accidentally come in here and they're not going to come to our church because you handed them a card and then walked by without saying anything to them. No, people are going to come to our church because they know you. People are going to come to our church because they trust you. They know that you're going to sit beside them. You're going to introduce them to people. They come to our church because they know the pastor's going to shake their hand. They come to our church because they know we're going to make them feel welcome. So you've got to keep it creative. Keep it creative. If you've got an idea for a new ministry and you want to take that on, let us know. Oh, we would love it. If you, would want, if you have a new idea for a ministry and you would love to take it on. So just let us know. We can promise you that if you are wanting to serve but you really don't know where, if you come and ask us, we're going to find the perfect spot for you. We're going to find the perfect spot that matches your unique abilities, your unique talents. So as a church, we have to keep it creative. And here's my last point. I told you we were going get, to be getting out by 1130. We have to keep it compassionate. We have to keep it consistent. We have to keep it creative. And we have to keep it crazy. Keep it crazy. And this is my favorite one because most of you are clinically insane. <laughs> I love going on church trips with you people because there's no telling how much trouble you're going to get into. Luckily, we have policemen like, in, in our church or otherwise we would all be arrested most of the time. Some of you are like 60-year-old kids. And it's awesome. And, and while keeping it fun and, and keeping it nuts around here, that draws a lot of people in and, and, it, and they stay here because of that. I'm not just talking about that kind of crazy. I'm talking about the kind of crazy that would do anything to serve the Lord. I'm talking about the kind of crazy that is striving for that next step, that next relationship with another person, just so they can look down and say, what devil, how do you like me now? I'm talking about that kind of crazy. I'm talking about the kind of crazy that quits their job to become a youth pastor because they saw a sign on the side of the road that said, if you're looking for a sign from God, this is it. I'm talking about that kind of crazy. I'm talking about the kind of crazy that would do anything for God because if our God is for us, then who could be against us? Jesus said, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not over overcome it. He said, it will not prevail against it. And to be that church, we have to be a little crazy. People thought the disciples were crazy. People thought Jesus was crazy when he said, you can kill me, but I'm just gonna be walking around back up here in three days. They thought he was nuts. We have to be that kind of crazy. He said, on this rock, I will build my church. I want you to turn to the person next to you one more time this morning and say, we are that church. All right, one more time with more enthusiasm. We are that church. So in 2017, we're going to keep it compassionate, aren't we? 2017, we're going to keep it consistent with our mission. We are going to consistently show up, aren't we? In 2017, we're going to keep it creative. It's going to look a little different around here. And in 2017, we're going to keep it crazy. We may just be jumping around or doing whatever, but whatever it takes to be that church. In 2018, on New Year's Day, I cannot wait to see what we're saying. 
We've got a whole year until that comes. Could you just imagine what we can do from now until then? We are that church. Let's pray. Dear God, I just thank you so much for this church family that's sitting in front of me this morning. And for the the mission and, and the heart that you've given them for compassion. And the love that they've shown to their community over the past year and over the past years even before that, God. God, I pray that as we go into this new year, that we keep it going. God, do it again. Do it again, God. Lord, I pray that you'll make us creative. God, make us a little crazy if that's what it takes. Get us out of our comfort zone, God. Give us the courage to do whatever it takes to reach one more person. I thank you so much for being here in this service this morning and in this building, God. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Y'all are dismissed.